You know, the descent of a nation, the descent of a people is never pretty. It's very ugly, as we have seen in the past couple of months. And it, it's important to remember that God is teaching us. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. This is Bible Discovery TV, bringing you the Bible as we read it from what God said. Very important because it's the world's best-selling book. Corey is here with Ryan. Corey, what's up? So I'm going to be taking a look at the Assyrian exile of Israel. So when Israel falls uh, to the nation of Assyria that's recorded in 2 Kings chapter 17. Ryan? Today, I'm exploring the ruins of an ancient biblical city known today as Tel Arad, where there's possible evidence of Hezekiah's godly reforms. You know, there's a lot of evidence for Hezekiah in the Old Testament and all of that, where you can see what he's done. He's got Hezekiah's tunnel in Jerusalem. Anyway, it's very interesting. What'd you do? Today, it's called Here, Here. Second Kings 17, verses 9 through 18. Also the children of Israel secretly did against the Lord their God things that were not right, and they built for themselves high places in all their cities, from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. There they burned incense on all the high places, like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them. And they did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger, for they served idols, of which the Lord had said to them, You shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets, every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways, and keep my commandments and my statutes, according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, and which I sent to you by my servants the prophets. Nevertheless they would not hear, but stiffened their necks, like the necks of their fathers, who did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes, and his covenant, that he had made with their fathers, and his testimonies, which he had testified against them. They followed idols, became idolaters, and went after the nations who were all around them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. So they left all the commandments of the Lord their God, made for themselves a molded image and two calves, made a wooden image, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served Baal. And they caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire, practiced witchcraft and soothsaying, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel, and removed them from his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 9 through 18. Second Kings chapter 17, chapter 18, and chapter 19. That's what we continue to read today as we go through the Bible. That's God's wonderful word. Now, 
The descent of a nation, it's not pretty. In 2 Kings chapter 17, we read that the kings of Israel had turned the people against the Lord and taught them to worship incorrectly. Now, this is the main reason that the nation of Israel descended into sin and rebellion. The Lord is always moving in the world to let people know who he is. He will not stop even in the face of evil. And even today, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, believe it or not, is growing. Praise God. The largest part of the worldwide church is in China. Although they are under a communist government, it continues to grow. Interestingly, in the West, the church appears to be declining. It seems that people are not paying attention, paying attention to the call of God. Later on in our scripture, the reading of 2 Kings 17, we will learn that God has moved on from his chosen people, not because he desired to do so, but because the people refused, refused to honor the name of God. Beloved, this is so important today. Take your Bible out and turn to today's passage in 2 Kings 17 and and uh, get out your Bible guide. Your Bible guide's important. If you don't have one, why not? We'll send you one if you call us or write to us. Or you can download one if you go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and then click on it. It takes you to a donate page. Thank you so much. Your donations are very important to our family and to everybody here as we teach through the Word of God. And so I want to thank you and I pray for the partners as often as I can, uh, pretty much every day. Uh, and I pray for them several times a day and that God would bless you and keep you. And uh, we need to get forward for that. Anyway, you download it. It's a PDF file, just like we printed it. It's absolutely amazing. Now, we are reading from 2 Kings chapter 17. This is fascinating from, seven, from 9 to 18. And Father, help us today as we look at the descent of the northern nation of Israel. The nations have been divided. There is the southern nation of Judah and the upper nation of Israel, and Israel's not doing well because they are worshiping wrongly. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would speak to us today. Help us to get our worship right. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen carefully because how we get our worship is so important. We have to read from the word of God, not from our feelings. What does the Bible say? That's how we have to focus our worship. 2 Kings 17, verse 9, Also the children of Israel secretly did against the Lord their God things that were not right, things that were not right, and they built for themselves high places in all their cities, from watchtowers to fortified cities. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high hill under every green tree. Verse 11. There they burned incense on all of the high places like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them. They did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. For they served idols of which the Lord had said to them, you shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets, every seer saying, turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law 
which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Wow. The first point, prophets of God are active until God takes them away. Prophets of God are active until God takes them away. We must be ready to give our testimony of how God has changed us. When's the last time you gave your testimony? As in Matthew 28, go into all world and make disciples and tell them what I did for you. When's the last time you did that? It's interesting, isn't it? That's the command of scripture, command of Jesus Christ. Christian, it's a command. Well, that's embarrassing. So what? So what? Would you rather be embarrassed or would you rather be judged? I would rather be embarrassed any day of the week, beloved. Very important for us to hear that. Now, let's, let's carry on because this is how Israel fell. Nevertheless, they would not hear, but stiffened their necks like the necks of their fathers who did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that they had made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he had testified against them. They followed idols. They became idolaters and went after the nations who were all around them concerning who the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. So they left all the commandments of the Lord. They left them. The Lord, their God, they made for themselves a molded image and two calves and made wooden images and worshiped all of the hosts of heaven and served Baal. And they caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire and practice witchcraft and soothsaying and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. You see, God's people did not change. You see, God calls us to follow him. What does that mean, to follow him? It means to change how we live and how we speak. And the question I would ask is, have we? If you're a Christian, has that changed your life? Because it does, and it should. Beloved, we need to change our life. We need to follow God. This is the time we need to get serious. Now, let's go back to this last verse. This is important. Listen to this. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel. That's his people. The Lord is angry with his people. And he removed them from his sight. And there was none, not one person left, but the tribe of Judah alone. And that brings me to this point. God did not compromise his holiness with his people. You see, God doesn't do that. All who call on the name of the Lord Jesus will be covered by the blood of his righteousness. See, there is no remission without blood. Remission of sin comes with blood, and the blood of Christ is such a powerful thing. And the best way I can explain it is we say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Cover me with your blood. And when God looks down and he doesn't see our sin anymore, it's not because our sin's gone, but Jesus Christ's blood is so strong that he sees only the blood of Christ on us. He sees no sin. 
Now that's amazing. Beloved, we need to understand if we are Christians, if we are people who follow Jesus, then we follow Jesus Christ. A lot of people say, well, what would Jesus do? But they don't know. They don't read the Bible. Read the Bible and learn what he did so you can know what to do. Very important. Beloved, let's hear what the Word of God says to us today and change our lives. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to. Second Kings chapter 17 records the reign of the last king of northern Israel, Hosea. And he reigned from Samaria like many of the kings before him. And Samaria fell to the Assyrian army and the Assyrian empire. So this happened during the reign of King Hezekiah down in Judah. And so obviously as northern Israel was the larger of the two sections that the greater kingdom of Israel had broken into, to remember, uh, it had split uh, underneath the reign of King Rehoboam, who was David's grandson. It had split into northern Israel and southern Judah. And southern Judah was a significantly smaller country, but now it was all that was left uh, that was relatively independent, uh, an independent nation. So let's take a look at this fall and exile of Israel during this time. The fate of northern Israel was to be captured by the Assyrian Empire. Assyria would exile many of Israel's inhabitants, but this was not a one-time event. The capture and exile of Israel took over a decade and three kings of Assyria to accomplish. Long before the first Assyrian capture of Samaria, Israel's capital city, the kings of Israel paid tribute to Assyria. That is, they lost their political independence. The Bible and the Assyrian records name Maniam as the first king of Israel that paid tribute, and a heavy tribute at that. The man who took the throne from Maniam's son was named Pekah, and he led Israel in a rebellion against Assyria. They stopped payment and allied with other anti-Assyrian nations. At that time, the nation of Judah was being ruled by wicked King Ahaz and spoken to by the prophet Isaiah. Ahaz would not join the anti-Assyrian coalition and instead called to Assyria for aid. Fearsome Tiglath-Pileser III, also called Pol in the Bible, began an invasion of Aram and northern Israel. Under Tiglath-Pileser, Assyria conquered Gilead and Galilee and deported most of the Israelis that lived there. This deportation is spoken of in the Bible, the records of Assyria, and is supported by archaeological findings in Galilee. There is a complete lack of material remains from this time period. Tiglath-Pileser's deportation was one way. The land was not resettled by him. The next wave of exile came with the destruction of Israel's city of Shechem and most importantly with the three-year siege and capture of Samaria after its last king Hosea also stopped paying their yearly tribute. 
This attack was led by Assyrian King Shalmaneser V, who deported native Israelites, but this time he resettled Lower Galilee and the area of Samaria with conquered exiles from elsewhere in his new empire. Sargon II was the next king of Assyria, and though Israel as a nation had been destroyed, another anti-Assyrian coalition that included Samaria popped back up, causing Sargon to besiege and recapture Samaria in 720 BC. It's believed that as Sargon captured more territory, he would occasionally resettle the area of Samaria, causing upheaval that discouraged rebellion. The fate of the Israelite exiles was diverse. Depending on their previous lives, skill sets, and likely in many cases their luck, Israelites could find themselves well-treated, trained, and in the service of the wealthy, powerful, and even royal. There have been Israelite names found in records showing that some of them were assimilated into the Assyrian workforce as laborers, merchants, government or city officials, as Assyrian priests, or in military service, even reaching high ranks. But many exiles were not so lucky. They appear as slaves and forced laborers who were kept alive to be sure, but would not have had easy or pleasant living conditions. You know, obviously the exile of Israel really changed the dynamic of the land and the region. You know, you've got the Assyrians resettling parts of northern Israel, and then you have southern Judah waiting in limbo, knowing that its time is limited. Time is ticking before the Assyrians will eventually regroup, you know, uh, uh, get their army more fortified and come marching into Judah. So Hezekiah now, who's left on the throne of Jerusalem, is in this very brutal time period to be a king of Jerusalem. So he's going to have to make several decisions uh, that are, that's going to change the, the economics and the politics and the society of uh, Judah and Jerusalem. And we're going to see that happen on tomorrow's program. It's very interesting. Hezekiah is the king where the transition in the north is shifting. And mm -hmm. Hezekiah is in the south. And what does he do? It's going to be very interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. Ryan. Yeah, well, today I decided to go on an archaeological dig to the ancient biblical city of Tel Arad because there have been some absolutely fascinating discoveries here which may directly connect with King Hezekiah and his father Ahaz. Now, just for some background, King Ahaz was evil in God's eyes because he made molded images for the Baals. He set up high places in all the cities of Judah and burned incense to other gods, and he even went so far as to burn his own children in the fire. Now, thankfully, when his God-fearing son Hezekiah took over the throne, he put a stop to these debaucherous acts, and he even broke down the high places. And what's interesting is that there's a temple at Tel Arad that may just be one of the places of Ahaz that Hezekiah dismantled. Check it out. Located on the very edge of the Judean desert, approximately 80 kilometers south of Jerusalem, lie the ruins of an ancient biblical city known today as Tel Arad. So named because it is situated on a mound, or Tel in Arabic, and is located only 10 kilometers west of the modern Israeli city of Arad. Among these ruins, at the peak of the site is a fortress, and in that fortress is a temple. And in that temple, there is a room with pillars and a stone that some believe to be the Holy of Holies. Interestingly, this is the only temple discovered so far within the boundaries of the Kingdom of Judah, 
and when the site was originally excavated in the 60s and 70s, archaeologists dated it to around the 10th century BC, the time of King David and Solomon. They also noticed that at the top of the two pillars of the shrine, there was an organic residue. But due to the limited technology of the time, scientific analysis of these substances was inconclusive. However, more recent teams of archaeologists have made some truly game-changing discoveries. For example, while it is still believed that the site itself dates back to the 10th century BC, archaeologists now think that the temple was built later, probably around the 8th century. Also, after several decades, archaeologists were finally able to identify the mysterious residue upon the two pillars, and in 2020 they published their findings. While the big pillar contained remnants of frankincense, which isn't surprising, the smaller pillar had a very well-preserved residue of cannabis. And it was mixed with animal dung, which acted as a fuel, so that when it burned, the cannabis plant could reach the needed temperature to produce a mind-altering experience. Curiously, archaeologists also found evidence that the temple was purposely buried over only a few years later. As a 2002 archaeological report says, there are no signs of destruction by fire in the temple, but rather clear evidence of intentional cancellation. What's so exciting about these newfound discoveries is that they correlate extremely well with biblical history. While it's true that there were a few Judean kings who lived during the 8th century, one who really stands out is Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. 2 Chronicles 28 says that Ahaz didn't do what was right in God's sight, and that in every Judean city he made high places to burn incense to other gods. This is quite notable in light of the cannabis and frankincense discovered in the temple at Tel Arad. It also shows the extent of the Judeans' defiance against the Lord. Not only did they violate God's command by having a temple outside of Jerusalem, but they dared to burn impure fire also. If this indeed was the work of Ahaz, then its intentional cancellation a few years later may be direct evidence of Hezekiah's godly reforms documented in the books of Kings and Chronicles. So I want to really thank and fully credit a lovely Jewish couple for pointing these discoveries out to me. And I really want to encourage you to check out the whole story on their YouTube channel called Sergio and Rhoda in Israel. I'll put the link to their channel below. And the specific video of theirs upon which my segment was based is titled Shocking Discovery at Ancient Temple in Israel. It's about 30 minutes long and you can just search for that video on their channel. Or if it's easier for you, you can visit their website at snrisrael.com. That's snrisrael.com. And if you don't know, Sergio and Rhoda are Jewish believers who take their viewers on incredible adventures in Israel to see firsthand the land in which most of the Bible takes place. So please do make sure to check them out and subscribe to their channel. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, excellent, Ryan. Uh, Jen? I called this here, here, but I don't mean here, here. I actually mean here, here, because we see this chapter in 2 Kings chapter 17, and we focus today on 9 through 18, and it's Israel carried captive to Assyria. And I look at some of the things uh, that, that is set up here for us. It says here that, that the children of Israel sinned against the Lord. We see that in verse 7. They secretly did, it says in verse 9, let's see, also the children of Israel secretly did against the Lord their God things that were not right, 
We see in verse 10, they set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images. We see in verse 11, they burned incense on all the high places, like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them. They were warned about that. And also in verse 12, we see that they served idols. And these are the people of God. These were the children of God. But God says to them in verse 13, the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets, every seer saying, turn, turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. But then, you know, you would think, just turn back, just turn back to him. But the tragedy here, verse 14, nevertheless, they would not hear. They would not hear. And it, and it goes on in verse 13, and they rejected his statutes and his covenant. Actually, let me go back to verse 14. It says, they, they would not hear, but stiffened their necks, like the necks of their fathers who did not believe in the Lord their God. I think today, those who have been called by the Lord's name, are we becoming distracted? Are we being pulled away from, from the Lord, from his word? Are we making excuses for the way that we live and not aligning our lives? And I'm speaking to those who, who say, I have committed my life to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm one of those people and I fail every day. I need the strength of God in my life. I need God's Holy Spirit living in me to help me. And when I hear and when I read in the word of God that I need to change my ways, then I don't want to be stiff-necked. I want to be able to hear, hear. I want to be able to hear what the word of God says and not just know it, but apply it into my life. And that way we can be the light and the salt in this world that we're called to be, that we're different that we respond differently, that we can encourage others, that we can pray for people, that we have a hope and we can take people to that hope. Let's not be like the church that's described in, in Revelation, and you can read it for yourself in Revelation 2. It's the church at Ephesus who has abandoned their first love. Who is the first love that the scripture is talking about here? It's God. I hope and pray that we are not abandoning our first love, Christians, and that's God, the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. Let's strive to follow and love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Remember that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we are at Facebook and YouTube, Bible Discovery TV, and we're at BibleDiscoveryTV.com, praying for you live. So make sure that uh, if you've never joined us, please do join us if you can sometime. And uh, we will pray for you. Now, you can watch us later at any time, but it'd be great to have you. Today, we close in prayer and we say this, Lord, I, I desire to follow you and your ways. Help me to follow 
and change for you.